0: Knots Chapter three. Ellie was, conveniently for her, less so for Ash, hanging out at Matt's. It wasn't a new situation exactly. Ellie had moved in on Matt fast, and it didn't seem to bother her that he might be rebounding. The cop didn't lack for confidence. It was kinda cool. As far as she knew, they weren't living together but exuded a sense of domestic bliss that made her think it wouldn't be long. She greeted the enthusiastic Bobo, holding her bag out of the way for fear of slobber. "'Who's a good doggie? Who is?' "'Oh, it's you! You're the goodest doggie!' Bobo wagged harder, pleased to be found to be the goodest doggie again, and spun around a few times before greeting Matt, who was jogging down the stairs. "'Did I interrupt? Just work. So you're a blessing, really?' "'Hey now!' Ellie shouted from the kitchen." I've been blessing you all day. Euphemism? Matt snorted. But turned red. Drink? Got coffee? Instant? Water. Water's good. He laughed. The coffee wasn't instant, but it wasn't as good as hers. I'm such a snob. They settled around the sleek blackened glass dining table. Warmth fogged the window, and the room was alive with wholesome food smells. But she figured the coziness she felt wasn't just from that. Or all of it. So many little strings that it was like a blanket. Friendship. Blanket. Yeah. She was going to leave the writing to the experts. Aren't we feeling sentimental? Sure you have time for that? The doppelganger's blood pattered onto the pale floor and vanished. It started crossing off days on a wall calendar with red X's. Marianne burned her tongue on her coffee and turned her attention to the small talk. Sorry to drink and run but I got more work upstairs. No rest for the wicked, Marianne said. I'm the least dangerous person in the room. I'm comfortable with my level of wicked. Ellie looked mildly intrigued when Marianne didn't head off. She wanted to protest until she tried to remember a time when she and Ellie just hung out together. Fair enough. What can I do you for? Ouch. The doppelganger smirked. It's not like you're the League of Superheroes. Got me in one, Marianne said. "'ignoring it and reaching for the notebook in her bag. "'It's my cleverosity that gets me the big bucks. "'Cops make a decent living, right?' Ellie shrugged. "'I'd do it for minimum wage. "'Best not tell them that.' "'Marianne traced the horn of the unicorn "'airbrushed on her notebook. "'Even if Christopher trusted her with his files, "'they'd all decided it would be suspicious "'to show up with all of that. "'Writing it all out hadn't been great for the nightmares, "'but helped her remember.' And she'd stepped up her note-taking. There were sticky notes and page markers and multicolored highlighters involved. Is this one of your sorts of things? Um, maybe. Kinda. Not sure. Clear as mud. But that's okay. Ellie leaned forward. It's possible, though. We have a couple of names. They're... Okay, I know this is gonna be so dodgy, and I promise we have nothing to do with the actual... ...thing. Get to the point, the doppelganger said. I know you're the good guys, more or less. Yeah. Her and Ash, anyway. She was taking Ash's word for the dipshit. She took out a paper with the names Christopher had given them. Possibilities for Van Hoff's local work. Ellie didn't comment on the cartoon kitchen pattern. Who are they? We think maybe did. Ellie sat back. I'm pretty easygoing, but I'll need to know a little more. This all came to us from a friend of Ash's, so the details are fuzzy. We were hoping you could find out a bit more from, like, police, other police, gossip, or however you guys do it. Maybe other disappearances, or unidentified bodies, or something. Ellie tapped the paper against the glass tabletop. Marianne felt regarded, but she'd been regarded at by experts, and Ellie was still an amateur at best. I can't decide if you've seen too much cop TV or not enough. I can have a poke around, see what the grapevine has to say. Keep in mind that I'm a bit of a special case, and cops are territorial, plus jurisdiction. Why would anyone be territorial? Don't you all want to catch the bad guys? You'd think so. But cops are just people. They have fragile egos and a lot of machismo. They might put on a badge or a collar or a halo, but someone is still gonna get shit if they take the last cup of coffee and don't start a new pot. Okay, but there's gotta be people like you. Like, someone's gotta be doing it for good reasons. Sure, probably. Altruism is still a human thing. Hard to keep it up as a cop, though. Easier when you're young. Young. Stupid, probably. Of course cops were people, and it was hard to stay nice when you saw bad things all day. She looked at the doppelganger. You might be catching on, dumbass. But someone had to be the good guys, so maybe it was them. Easier these days, maybe, now that things like mental health are taken seriously. She thought a moment. Maybe not by cops yet, but we're getting there. In the meantime, we're all a little weird, right? She waved the paper. I'll poke around, see if anything pops. She shouted a goodbye to Matt, sneaking a treat to Bobo. Determined to become a favorite auntie, she was about to summon a door when her phone rang. Hey, Sarah, what's up? She eyed the heavy sky and shrugged, starting to walk. Did you do it? Do what? Rats. I guess not. Oh, yeah, no, something came up. Ah, yeah, you definitely need the perfect moment. Marianne splashed in a puddle. What's the point, anyway? It's not official. We couldn't even do those funky tax tricks. Marianne had never done taxes in her life, but she was pretty sure marriage would change things. Ash's accountant would know. Okay. What the heck? Who are you and what have you done with Mare? I don't know. Bull. you know it's coming. You were the one who made the joke about bursting into flames on the church steps. Marianne grunted. There were muffled noises on Sarah's side. She tested a low wall for dampness and hopped up onto it, heels drumming against the stone. Okay come clean. Something happened. Did you have a fight? No. Say it like you mean it. It wasn't a fight. But it was something. Was it? One of her old friends came into town. Girlfriend? No. Just a dude. Guy. Old friend. Felt awkward, eh? Awkward. Ash had hugged him like... she'd hugged him tight. Like family. And he was a shit. He even dressed like a shit. He tried to whammy her. Now they were doing his work. It was good work, but it was still his. Theirs. His and Ash's. And Lydia, whoever that was. She couldn't explain all the history that had to be between them to Sarah. What would a good equivalent be? Also, she only knew the brief summary. He's kind of like a big brother to her. When she was going through a rough time, he helped her out a lot. So there's all this baggage, you know? Got it. How did he treat you? Mostly like I wasn't important. It wasn't a me thing, you know. It was their reunion. It's cool. It obviously isn't. She made a face, looking up at the shifting clouds. So, he seems kinda... sophisticated, I guess. Like he'd know the words to opera or something. Maybe not exactly that, but Ash had learned about fancy things from him, she bet. So what? What? I fell asleep when she took me. She's like, urbane and stuff. But she's with you. Yeah, I guess. You guess, Sarah snorted. I'm not going to be weird here. I'm just going to say that you've never seen how she looks at you. Even when you're picking your nose. Ew. Just trust me. She's into you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Look, Mare. She can appreciate opera all she wants and still have a good time at the Rocky Horror Midnight Showing. Huh. Whoever this dude is, he's the past. You're her partner now. You're her future. And she likes it that way. You want to propose. You gotta remember that. Make sure they know you know. Like a dog peeing on a tree. Don't pee on her. Unless that's your thing. She choked and laughed. No, not my kink. All right, all right. I get it. It was sort of out of the blue, you know. I'll start staking my claim. That's more like it. I gotta run. Heather didn't turn up today. I'm covering for her and trying to track her down in the whole nine yards. Go plant a kiss on your lady, okay? I can do that. That's better. Talk soon. She looked in on Ash when she got back. Christopher had taken her out to catch up, and Marianne insisted they go without her, forcing out every word between gritted teeth metaphorically, anyway. She thought it would be good. Supportive, unclingy partner. Go out with your old friends. Reminisce about things I can't even imagine. Get in touch with your old self. No jealousy there, the doppelganger smiled derisively. She'd barely gotten into bed before the sun hit her. Marianne had undressed her and tucked her in. Her clothes had smelled like smoke and alcohol and pot, too. Usually meticulous, Her blouse had some now firmly set-in blood spots on it. She'd put it into soak anyway, her mother's scolding lines about ruined clothes trotting through her mind. Of course she hadn't moved through the day. Marianne ignored the wafting odors of a good party clinging to her hair and kissed her cheek before heading out to the kitchen for coffee. Research seemed to be in order. Christopher said he was up to date, but, well, she was petty. The black case was sitting on the coffee table. She paused on her way to her computer. Nothing special about it. A little bit battered. A little bit old. The black leather was dull. Uncounted days ground into its grain. It loomed bigger than it had any right to. Pressing onto the glass, full of grainy pictures, rough sketches. Exquisitely detailed coroner's reports. The ephemera of death. She didn't need to look at them again. Not right now, anyway. She had fresh research to do. And she had to wait for Ellie to come back with something, anything, that would prove Christopher right. It's a kind of research. I should know what we're getting into. She set her cup down, paused, then got a coaster for it. The leather felt strange under her hands, too warm for an inert thing, sucking all the oxygen from the room the way bad news did. The locks clicked. Paper, old and new, musty and dying its own slow death. She caught the smell of carbon she remembered from running credit cards through the old imprint machines when the point of purchase couldn't read them. Procrastination nation. Gen X is really going to set the world on fire. You'd do it too, if you had a heart. Or hands. She knew she was talking to an empty room, also that she was seeing things. The doppelganger was starting to be like the co-worker you hated, but got used to anyway. I feel plenty. Hate. Rage. Malicious glee? It peered into the case. Start with the next newest one. Freshest kills still have all the juicy details. The last round, for lack of a better word, was the one in Manchester that Ash had mentioned. She pulled out the file and flipped it open. All of the reports were typewritten, unevenly inked and alive with the impression of keys and worn folds by the rusty lines left by staples. The papers seemed to have grown thinner with time. She turned the pages carefully, brain beginning to hurt trying to make sense of police jargon and words like detective inspector. She supposed that bit didn't matter as much. She lumped them together as police types and moved on. They'd connected up a guy to some of the disappearing women. Some. How many people disappeared before you could separate some from a whole? Anyway... Some local thug was seen with a teenager who disappeared, and when they investigated, found out that it wasn't the first time he was seen with a victim. From there, it was pretty easy to catch him. He took them to a warehouse in some crumbling area of the city, where a fire was already lit. The photographs screamed 70s, fuzzy and hypersaturated, tinted with yellow and orange tones, even though they were capturing a bleakly grey place. They defied focus as she turned them this way and that. There was a picture of a bloodstain on a street corner. The rest were of the burnt out warehouse, blackened rooms and barrels, and bodies inside, bodies laid out beside their makeshift coffins, bodies, because they were people, yes, but people with parts missing, with holes in them, bodies on a metal table. She laid them out again now. The doppelganger still dripped. She remembered the park ranger, broken into ice by the siren blood from the man in Ashes village, the people up in Prince, dead by insect creatures, Dave in the parking lot. She thought about them sometimes, but they didn't make her stomach fill with static like this. "'None of them fresh,' the doppelganger said, disappointed. "'How do they tell if all the tinkering went on before or after they died?' Diggered you'd know something like that.' The doppelganger's look was withering. "'Right, yeah.' you're me. Not entirely. I like to think I'm my own person. Your vampy vamp friends will know more. I bet they'll appreciate a master at work. They don't seem to. Dead bodies wouldn't bleed. Without a heart pumping, maybe it would just be a dribble or something. Maybe, if he'd kept them alive a while, he'd sew them up. Or they'd heal a bit. She squinted at the pictures of the metal table bodies, before the autopsy stuff. The catalogue of injuries one of which must have finally ended all the pain. The cuts, the knife sinking in, blood blooming in its wake. The knife forcing itself into what should be an inviolate place. A lamp clicked on, making her jump, and she had to blink away tears as her eyes belatedly adjusted. I thought we had a visitor. Ash watched Marianne sweeping the photos back into their folder. Started talking to myself. Either I'm going crazy, or becoming a genius. She sat beside Marianne. Between the lamp and her sure presence, the fuzzy feeling in her stomach started to fade. You're troubled. Did something happen today? Or is it these? Marianne tapped the file to sift the papers down into an orderly stack. Just thinking about forensics and stuff. That sounded nicely academic, and distanced a bit from the blunt photography. Do you want to study it? No, just wondering how they figure these things out. They must be pretty smart. They're ingenious these days. Ash put her arm across Marianne's shoulders and they leaned together comfortably. Maybe it was weak, but even macho dudes in movies had resting moments. She recalled Ash's description of that one part of London in one small part of her life. It had seemed pretty vivid for something that had happened almost two hundred years ago. Vampires might remember better than people, though. Either way, Ash had remembered it because it was disturbing to her. Marianne snuggled in, trying to offer comfort. Are you sure you're okay? Practically perfect. That's true. She hugged her briefly closer. Dead is dead. It's the part before the dying that counts. Like heroically in battle. Or peacefully, after a long, full life. Some deaths are brave. Some bring comfort to survivors. And some serve the community. I bet you're pro-death penalty. She smiled wryly. In a perfect world, where only the truly guilty pay. Then it's justified. Then it serves. The way we put down rabid animals. It's a duty, if there's no other solution. And there are more solutions these days, too. But people are flawed. And we all become murderers in turn, when we allow flawed people to put the innocent to death. It was pretty different. There were times when a woman could bury five children and count herself lucky not to join them. The Thames was more bodies than fish. There was slavery in all but name. And if a servant went missing, their house would be unlikely to worry, unless the silver went with them. Marianne looked at the file. The teenager was the last one to go missing. Christopher had said there was a transient population. That was it, wasn't it? Go after the people that was easy to pick off. People who wouldn't be missed, like how animals hunted. Why doesn't anyone know this guy? Or, like, his victims? It looks a lot worse than Jack the Ripper, and there's more of them. I'm not sure. Manchester is a long way from London, even these days. When we hunted him in St. Giles, it was before Fleet Street ghouls became the forest they did. Newspapers? Rags. But yes, terrible things can be done and forgotten if there's no one to tell the story. I think Victoria instilled a trust in rule and law. Sins could be forgiven when done by the right person, to the right person, in the right place. Jack may have been forgotten too, if he hadn't ruptured the public sense of order. Marianne nodded. High school history had been pretty much glued to fur traders, English and French bitch-slapping, and the Red River Rebellion. Everything else she knew was movies and TV. This Van Hoff guy isn't part of your quest, though, right? The original one. Nothing to do with it. Bad enough to distract you. It affected Lydia deeply. And Christopher. Mm. Ash smiled. Lydia had seen so much. It had truly bothered her this one time. Maybe it was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. And where Lydia goes... So goes Christopher. Except they're apart now. Yes, I think the two are not unconnected. I didn't realize they weren't together. Marianne turned her head awkwardly to look at her. She was frowning faintly. Last night seemed pretty good with just the two of you, though. Judging by the smells. Yes, vampires certainly could blush. I'd forgotten his penchant for a good night. I'd probably be having my stomach pumped. Was he coming back tonight? He said he had other business. The darkish gloom receded a bit. She watched TV while Ash cooked, and she kept one ear on it while they ate, listening for the missing and dead. What would you be doing if we didn't have a quest? Becoming a chef. Marianne made a face, but didn't stop shoveling food into her mouth. It was good stuff. I don't know. It's a moot point. I have you. We have our quest. It's a good life. Repose. But she probably had spinach in her teeth.